This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and co-hosting is Emilio Danello and Scott Tanfield from Friends of Fulham. Joining us as well is former Fulham player Robert Wilson. This episode, we're going to talk about the loan signing of Anthony Knockhart for Fulham from Brighton Hove Albion. On top of that, we're going to discuss how Fulham have approached their business this summer with their new signings. We also have some other topics that we'll be debating as well. I look forward to speaking with everyone tonight, but before I do anything, I first want to welcome back my one of my co-hosts to the show, Milio. How you doing there, my friend? Hi there, Russ. Hi, Scott. Hi, Rob. Um, yeah, good to be doing the show tonight. We've got a good to have a good discussion around Knockhart. You know, everyone's been very confident and in good spirits after his signing. But uh, yeah, but I also want to talk about preseason so far. There's a few other Fulham topics, so I think it's a good time to uh, to discuss with the other guys on the phone today. And uh, we're only ten days away from the start of the season, so yeah, it's it's uh, we're, we're almost there now. So it's a good time to do this show. So yeah, looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to. It. Let me bring Scott back onto the show from Friends of Fulham. Scott, how are you doing? Very well, Russ. Um, good to be on. Um, hello, Emilio. Hello, Rob. Um, yeah, good to get this show done, I think. Talk about, um, obviously, the signing of Knockout, etc. Um, yeah, it'd be good to have a good chat tonight. Okay, excellent. Let me now bring on Mr. Rob Wilson back to the show. Rob, how are you doing tonight? I'm very well. Uh, good evening to all of you, yeah. Okay, excellent. Let's start by talking about Anthony Knockhart. Rob, I'm going to start with you. I want to get your view on the signing of Anthony Knockhart. I'm actually pretty excited about this. What is your view of bringing Knockhart to form? 
I think it's an absolute uh, gem of a of signing by Mr. Khan. Um, you know, I actually spoke to a, I know you couldn't get a Brighton supporter on today or yesterday, but I actually spoke to a, a Bright, Brighton season ticket holder yesterday who sponsors a lot of the matches, who's watched him for the last couple of seasons. And um, he was honest in his appraisal of him, saying, yeah, he, he, he's a game changer and he's a match winner. Uh, but he's also temperamental and can go missing in, you know, a rainy Saturday in Middlesbrough or something like that. So I think we all know what to expect from him because we've seen probably footage of him over the last two years, more so in the championship where he was, a, you know, a force in, in Brighton getting promotion a few years ago. So, yeah, I'm excited because he compliments the way Scott is going to play. Uh, as you say, looking at the, the signings, I think the best signing. Uh, in my opinion, other than the two we've signed, I think was making sure that uh, Tom and Mitro stayed because, you know, they were like new signings, even though it was only extensions of their contracts. I think it's a big deal. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Rob, because we can always focus on new players, but you also have to focus on keeping your core. And you're talking about two very important players for Fulham. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Mr. Tanfield, over to you. Thoughts on the signing of Anthony Narkart and also what Rob just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised <clears throat> that he come. Um, I thought he was kind of a player that was still able to, to do a bit in the Premier League for Brighton. Um, so I was surprised, obviously, when we were linked um, and then asked a few questions and a couple of people said to me, no, no, it looks like it's, it's a goer. Um, and yeah, I mean, when, when he come, um, you know, it's, it's a very exciting signing. Um, <clears throat> same as Rob said, he, he can be very temperamental at times, right. but and he can go missing in, in, say, rainy days at certain you know, games for you. But on the other hand, he's also a match winner. Um, he's a player, I think, that plays from the heart. Um, and you know exactly what you're going to get for him. Um, as I say, I think we're, we're pretty lucky. Um, you know, with Cavalero on, on the other side, with him on the right and then Mitra up front, I mean, you've got to be looking at possibly one of the best attacks in that championship this season. Totally agree with what you just shared there, Scott. And Amelia, over to you, because Rob and Scott bring up some very interesting points. There are a lot of positives to take from this signing, and uh, it does look extremely dynamic. As we focus on the positives, we also have to talk about the negatives, because both of them talked about him being a little bit temperamental and missing in matches. So let me ask you, I know you're excited about this, but are you also a little bit wary of the negatives that go along with him? Absolutely. You know, obviously I shared everything that Scott and Rob said, you know, in terms of the big, big player. He's a, you know, he's the type of person we need, you know, someone with a big character, big personality, you know. You know, the fact, one thing I also want to add is the goals and assists, he, you know, in the championship with Brighton for those two seasons. He, you know, he was scored many goals, created many assists. You know, his strength at set pieces, I think we've we've lacked at set pieces in the last few seasons. I think him, obviously he scored a goal yesterday against Oxford United, but Still, you know, still from a set piece, you know, he's he's a danger, he's a threat, and he scored many goals for Brighton in that position. But if we're looking now some some of the negatives, you know, let's be, you know, the, the, you know, discipline's a worry for me. You know, he's 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 got a habit of picking up many yellow cards. I did some stats analysis, and, and he, you know, he picked up two red cards for Brighton as well in the Premier League. One last season when it when it was when it mattered, there was a game when they lost at home four 0 at home to Bournemouth when they had all everything to play for. They were still on the cards for getting relegated. He did it two 0 down at home. He he did a reckless challenge, got straight red card. He went missing for three three consecutive games when he was needed most by Brighton. So I wonder if that influenced the board's decision to let him go. That maybe he, maybe a he wanted to move on and b 
he's got this discipline issue. He didn't really set the world alight in the Premier League last season, let's be totally honest. He went missing, like the guys have said, and wasn't influential in many of the goals. And Brighton struggled, and so did he. He wasn't able to uh, resurrect a sort of a decent Brighton team. They went through a massive slump from January onwards, and you know he was part of that slump. We, ne- we never saw the, the, the big player that he was meant to be in the lead on the pitch. So there are some concerns for me, but if he can replicate what he did in the Championship with Brighton a few seasons back, then I think Fulham fans have got a lot to be excited about next season. Totally agree. And Rob, I want to go back to you because you mentioned something interesting because a topic for us is, well, how are Fulham going to look under Scott Parker? Is it going to be more like Jokanovic? Is it going to be like Ranieri? Or is it going to be a combination of the both? You already mentioned you think that these two signings, we're talking about Knockhart and Cavallero, are a signal to how they're going to play. So in your eyes, as a former player, what are you expecting to see Fulham's play look like with these additions and also just in general? Uh, I'm well, looking at the, the, the pre-season games they've done and knowing a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes. I think Scott's very much <clears throat> of the mind that he'll play a, a 4-3-3 or maybe a 4-2-1 with Kearney behind them front three. He'll have, two, he'll have a holding player, um, whether it be McDonald, who's come out of the out of the blue back into the pre-season frame, when Anguisi, when he comes back, hopefully will... I think I saw enough in the, at the back end of last season to think that he could be a, a major force this season. Um, it will be. It, it, I think Scott's all about intensity. I think it's common knowledge that um, you know on the, on the game against Brighton we were a bit leg weary first half, and I think uh, there was a few words said at half time, and, and the intensity was was up in the second half, and we scored after the first minute. So you know he's going to play with pace and 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 and, and really press teams high. Whether that's a combination of slab, it definitely wasn't Ranieri because he wasn't like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to look at how we how we play. Uh, whether Johansson will get, uh, he, he has had a run in the in team in a few of the games in pre-season. I like his energy. I think if he's the player of two seasons ago, you know that will be like a new sign because we, you know he didn't get a look in last year. He brings energy and tenacity uh, in winning the ball back quickly. To allow us to um, to allow us to to, to, to make the the, uh, the chances that we will make for them front free. My only concern is I would have liked to have seen a right back and possibly a centre half come in. There's, there's, there's no um, there's no signs of that at the moment, but it may be in the background that we you know we we bring a couple through the door before the uh, before the close of the business. We're on the same page on that, Rob. I'm thinking those two positions are a need, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. We'll definitely want to touch on that at the end of the show because uh, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Emilio, you had a couple of thoughts you wanted to talk about with Scott Parker? I suspect we will start to see a Parker that resembles maybe something like Roy Hodgson from a many year, from 10 years ago. By that, I mean difficult to break down, difficult to beat, but we've got the offensive threat, we've got the width, we've got the goals in the team. And, you know, I expect Scott Parker to be the type of manager. You go a goal up, 2-0 up, that bit, game over. He's not going to go and try to win the game 3 or 4-5-0. I actually think that will be close close, close the door, shut shop, and defend for the remainder of the game. That's the way I see it. I don't, I don't see it. Maybe I'll hope to prove wrong. I don't see us winning 5-0, 6-0, like many fans are expecting us this season. I've seen all these... Uh, Bets a bit there out there, and Fulham score Fulham score over 100 goals in a season. There's a massive odd for that to happen. I, although we've got the attacking force to be able to do that, 
I'm not sure Scott Parker will be looking to do. I just think we might see sometimes not the prettiest of football, but just playing it safe, difficult to beat, difficult to break down. And if we've got enough offensive threat and, and pace, then we should have enough quality to score goals and, and close games out rather than, like I said, going out with attack and flair and winning comprehensively game, game after game. Okay, excellent there. And uh, Scott, your thoughts? Um, I mean, for me, it's something I, I, I don't have a clue how Parker is going to play this season. Um, I mean, I, I kind of see it being a mixture of, of two. I don't think we're going to be as attacking um, as Savisa. Um, and I think Edo said kind of sort of winning game three, two, four, two. Um, I think we'll play an attacking game when we need to go and get going. But then I think we're a little bit more defensive minded in regards to controlling games, um, you know, slowing the pace down, you know, winning games like that. I mean, that's kind of how I see him. But I mean, <clears throat> I think it's kind of a conundrum of everyone, really. It's, it's you know, we've, we've got a decent team moving forward. It's the unknown, really, with Scott Parker to know how we're going to play and how we're going to do, really. Okay, excellent. Guys, it looks like we do have a special guest on the line. I'm going to bring him on. Simon Cox, who does the fan verdicts for Brighton for the Daily Mail, looks like he has joined us. Simon, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, good evening, Russell. Good evening, folks. I'm so sorry that once again I'm late, but I uh, <laughs> circumstances conspired, mainly my technology, which I'm rubbish on and <laughs> fat-fingered. But I'm here now. Is it tonight a good time, or would you like to do it another one? No, let's do it right now, my friend. Let's talk on the line with us is Scott Tanfield from Friends of Fulham, Emilio Donnell, my co-host, and we also have former Fulham player Rob Wilson. Hello. <laughs> yeah, good uh, evening, Simon. Welcome to, the, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. And the, we definitely want your view on Knockhart. So let's just start from the beginning, and we'll just keep you for a few minutes to get your thoughts on Knockhart. So just share with us just your overall view on him at Brighton. Oh, man, I love Knockhart. He's my boy's favourite player, my eldest. I've got him in the back of my shirt, and my boy's got him on the back of his shirt. And he is an incredible human being. He also has flaws, like many geniuses do. Um, and the thing about Knockhart is we went... Before we talk about his football abilities, I cannot begin an interview about Knockhart without explaining the journey we went on over his father's death. And it was a subplot, if you like, he did a very pure old name, but it was part of that season of magic for us, what happened with, with Knockhart and, and then him coming back afterwards and the unity of the club was part of the magic that, that, that kept Brighton up there in the Premiership. But was he ever going to be a brilliant Premiership player? I think possibly not. I think he's a brilliant championship player, and I think he's going to bring something to Fulham that they've been sadly missing for quite a while. And that is somebody that can at times polarise fans, but okay. somebody who makes you want to turn up and watch Fulham in the sound and certain knowledge that at any moment he can produce something so magic and so beautiful. So I'm so, so sad he's going, but I get it. And okay. yet, I think you have got an absolute diamond with an arm around the shoulder and supportive teammates, but also a rod of iron from the manager when he starts to get a little bit temperamental and the odd toy comes out the pram. 
so long as your manager can manage that, uh, you know, carrot and stick sort of mentality management, you're going to have a good player. But whether, you know, whether he really wants it or not, he sometimes, I know he's been through a lot of trauma, but he's only one degree of being a real superstar. He's just got to knock those temperamental things, those little moments of madness. Because towards the end of last season, there's no doubt he let himself down and he let everybody down when he got sent off in that game. I forget the game. My memory is a little bit jumbled at the moment. But little key moments, you know, when you're struggling for survival or pushing for emotion, a moment of madness by your player that could have produced a moment of genius can send you hurtling towards a trapdoor just as quickly as it can pull you clear of, of relegation. So it's a case of a buyer beware sort okay. of thing. But I have every confidence that you're going to love him. Okay. That's very interesting that you said that and put it that way. We've already talked about the positives, and we also talked about some of the negatives that you just brought, Simon. But you just mentioned something that I definitely want to get your thoughts on because the thought going across my mind is, why are Brighton letting him go? Is it because you believe that they believe that he's just not a Premier League player starter? Is that the reason? Do you know what? I don't know. I asked myself similar questions when Hewton went. Because if I was manager of Brighton, I would not have wanted either to go. But here's the nub of it all. Tony Bloom, whatever you think of him, our chairman, he is a brilliant gambler. He knows gambling. So, that, so he knows when to hold them and when to fold them. And we never know, do we? Us fans and, uh, and the media around the club, we never really know what goes on in there. But when he got sent off towards the end of last season and served his ban, even when he came back, something was missing. And maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe things go on behind the scenes you don't quite know about. But I just right. have to put faith in the management because I'm just a poor fan. You know, we go along right. with whatever the premiership and our clubs throw at us and we have to accept it and move on. And you never really know what's going on. No one ever really tells you the truth, what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but you certainly don't want players like you had... I forget when it was. We've talked about it before. You know, players that argue over penalties and who's going to take them. You know, those kind of temperaments in a team, those big egos and those uh, those crazy superstars, they have to know themselves when to be a good little boy and when to be a flair player. Um, I think Norcott's going to do it for you. Know, you see, the thing is, he's always flourished with a fresh start. His best time at a club is always in the beginning. He engages you. He gets the fans out of their seat. I promise you, when Norcott gets the ball, you'll be out of those seats for more than you've been all of this season. Just because he's got the ball. Because you yep. know he could beat three players. And another time, he might lose it straight away and have to stop. But when he goes through three players' legs and then you know does something magic, oh, it makes football come alive. Okay, excellent. Why do you think he chose Fulham? Because it's a brilliant club. Because it, it's a club that, I don't know, he, he's an emotional sort of fellow. Fulham's one of those beautiful clubs. Nobody's gone out to rival for him. Everyone wants them to do well. Everyone that comes across people from Fulham on the whole, well, certainly in my experience, they're one of those clubs you love to go to as an away day. There's never any, you don't feel threatened by the occasion. The fans are friendly. The area is beautiful. And Fulham is a club, in my opinion, but it's going to bounce straight back this season. You pull all the right strings, get the right 11 players out on that park. I mean, they shouldn't, you should not really have gone down yep. last season, if you're honest, should you, boy? Listen, I totally agree with you, but there are several reasons why they ended up where they did. But I'm glad that you're sharing your thoughts on Anthony Knockhart and 
what's great about it, Simon, is that you're not sugarcoating. You're telling us all the good things, but you're also mentioning some of the things that we should be a little bit concerned about. But overall, before I let you go, just uh, you really think that Anthony Knockhart could be a, a big-time player for fall? Okay, let's put this simply, right? Here's the things we do know. The rest is subjective. Personalities, you can't really read them. Here's what we do know. When Anthony Knockhart turns up at a club, he clearly gets reborn. He will, he will be pumping his chest and banging your badge and kissing it in the first friendly plays, right? He will love Fulham. He will know that you love him because you've signed him. Yep. And he will give everything he's got. If things happen along the way that deflect him from the concentration and the mental attitude he needs, then he's going to need careful managing. But with a club that loves him, fans that get out of his, their seat to see what he does, and a manager that gets the right balance between, you know, that tough stuff and taking the arm around the shoulder sort of thing, right? I, I'm convinced that his track record says he has uh, his best season in the first two seasons at a club. And if you take that into account, and the fact that Fulham are a, a really good football club, sorry, yep. really, but Fulham are a really, you know, everything is in place for a bounce straight back for you guys. And he can play a big part because whilst he may not be a premiership star, and I would love him to be a premiership star, I would love Knockhart to be a premiership star, believe me. But while he may not be a premiership star, he is a championship superstar. Well, he was a championship player this season, so he's already done that. That's why we are very excited. Listen, Simon, thank you so much for spending a, a few minutes with us to tell us about your thoughts. Someone that watches Anthony Narcott a great deal, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. My friend, I believe you have an absolute gem there, and I wish him and you a fantastic season next season. Thank you for hearing my thoughts. All right, great, Simon. That was Simon Cox does the fan verdicts on the Daily Mail, and uh, I actually had him on a few times last season. Rob, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts about what Simon said about Anthony Narcart? Oh, he, uh, one thing, he was very, very passionate and, and went into uh, much depth, both his, uh, for his positives and, and the few negatives that we've already discussed. I mean, he's obviously watched him for you know, two seasons and, 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 and characterized him and, and <laughs> he, he, he's not come, he's not given me anything that I didn't know really as an outsider, <laughs> not really seen him, but, you know, judging by media and TV and diving and, and, and red cards, yellow cards, petulant and talking to a supporter of Brighton like Simon would be. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my, 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 uh, my vision or my uh, overall uh, thoughts on him haven't changed and, and I, I for one like many others you know hopefully are getting off our seats and watching him but yeah he has definitely got the potential um, as is Cavalero on the other side I think to um, really excite Fulham players and one player that we really excited by or will be must be Mitro because he was Absolutely. starved of any he was starved of any service at all last year from wide areas um, you know and, and, and he fought a, a a lone battle up there on his own for most of the season. So I bet he's absolutely over the moon that he's got two players. And I'm sure he'll be telling him in, uh, in pre-season, like, just put the ball in the box and I'll do the, I'll do the rest. Um, so, yeah, it is exciting. On the flip side of that, I just think, I hope, I like Scott and Emilio, I just hope that, uh, hope that Scott's got the, the nous and the, and, and the charisma to deal with big players like uh, Nottergaard, because there's going to be times this year when... Um, 
you know, he's going to have to put an arm around his shoulder and there's going to be times when he's have to give him a, a, a rocket up his jack seat. So, you know, he's got to be brave and big enough to do that. Great stuff there, Rob. Scott, over to you. What are your thoughts about what Simon shared and also what Rob just shared in regards to Scott Parker dealing with someone like Anthony Knockhart? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously very passionate about Knockhart. Um, I mean, naturally, you would do. I mean, he seemed like um, a Brighton fan favourite down there. And, you know, I think sometimes fan favourites, when you get to a certain level of football, um, they still kind of remain fan favourites, even though their ability isn't, you know, of that level. I mean, it may just be the case that, um, obviously, in the Premier League, that, you know, Knockhart, <clears throat> throughout his flair, his passion, everything for Brighton, just isn't that good enough or the Premier League, um, to say he didn't sort of really set it alight. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's why Brighton, you know, I think when you kind of languish with, with relegation or you come close to it a couple of times or, you know, you've got to change the direction in which you go. And, you know, he was saying about Hewton and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you've got to take a gamble and um, you, you've got to change the players, and you've got to change the coach to try and, sort of push the club on because you don't really want to be languishing in, in those kind of um, relegation places. Um, however, um, sort of looking at Brighton sort of this season, I think they're going to be one of the favourites for the drop. Uh, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but no, I think, I mean, Knockhart dropping down division, fresh sort of test for him. I mean, it's only going to be a bonus for us. And I think right. we've, we've, we've probably landed one of the best, um, like I say, wide players in the division. Um, That's right. Yeah, there's kind of, I can't explain it, there's there's kind of a sort of an area there where we don't know how Parker's going to kind of handle players like that. There is going to be times when he's going to be brilliant, probably going to be times where he's, you know, he's going to throw his toys out of the pram and Parker's going to have to learn quickly to, to kind of um, manage those players. But yep. we, we were told that with Mitro. We, told, we were told that Mitro liked to strop. We were told That's a good point. Hard to handle, and to be fair, he's he's come into Fulham and he's he's he matured quite a bit, and he's um he's probably been one of the most mature players in the squad, to be honest with you. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, so at least. So. Okay, excellent, Emilio. Over to you. Your thoughts on what Simon shared and what the guys shared about Anthony Knockhart. Yeah, nothing else really to add. I think we've discussed it at length. I think we're all fairly consistent in our you know, understanding of what type of player he is, what he can offer to the club. Um, we're all obviously very excited. You know, we're, we're obviously acutely aware of some of his weaknesses. You know, again, you know, it's just, I'm surprised that he, you know, he has dropped a division. You know, to be honest, I actually still believe he is a Premier League player, but, you know, he didn't, he didn't deliver when it counted. He was a big star, fail, you know, to failed to turn their season around last year. Maybe, like I said, maybe they're looking at a fresh start, new new beginnings, new players, and, you know, he he failed to deliver the same way Sheller did fail to deliver for us last season. Sheller was meant to be one of our big players last year. He went missing most of the season. So, you know, at the end of the day, Brighton's lost his out game. But you know, technically speaking, the difference between Brighton and Fulham, in my opinion, is very different. We got relegated. But I'm sure if we played them head-to-head over 10 games in a season now, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise you that we'd beat them seven, seven out of those 10 games, six out of those 10 games. So... I I agree with Scott. I have them as favourites to go down at the moment. I haven't seen them invest in, in any quality. Graham Potter, fat as the deceiver's manager. Um, I think this might be a big a job too big for him. And ultimately, we could, hopefully, we could be swapping places. Brighton going down, and we go we get promoted next year. But at the end of the day, I'm, I am surprised he's come down to us. But like I said, it's Sal gain and their loss. If that, and that's that's what's happened. So let's see what he does on the pitch. We can celebrate when we start winning games. We start picking up points. <laughs> 
and then then we can start worrying about whether we want to take up the option to buy him outright in 12 months time because that option is still there on the table so that's something else maybe we want to cover off now as well in terms of the option to buy him in 12 months should he deliver and whether Fulham want to pursue that well that's a great segue my friend because I want to talk about the business of Fulham this uh, summer the two signings Emilio have been loan signings with options to buy so I'll go right back to you are you happy do you approve of their approach with these options to buy and bringing these players on loan yeah absolutely I think obviously we made a mistake last year with shirt obviously we had him on a two-year loan um with the option to buy but most of the other players that we had on loan were just pure loan signings so there was no I want to say no commitment per se there was no pressure on these players to actually prove themselves and whether they want to stay long term at the club whereas Knockhart and Cavalera both have now got you know, either got a job in hand to do for the club, get us promoted, but also they know they're fighting for their futures as well. So if they if they manage to secure promotion for us next season, then you know, there's a strong opportunity that we would end up purchasing them outright and then retain their services. So I think there's there's more of an incentive for the player to actually work their socks off, deliver for the club, and with the opportunity they can secure longer term futures for 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 themselves. The fact that both top to division is testament to the way Tony Khan has instigated these signings, the, the, the strategy he's put in place to say, look, guys, you know, he's obviously very bullish about getting promoted. So these guys believe in the Tony Khan and Fulham strategy that we're going to get. We're trying to push for promotion and there's big times ahead for the club. So I firmly believe Tony's learned this from his mistakes. He's been more prudent. He's put some sort of commitment on the table as well and also incentivizing the players to play well deliver for the club and then their futures could be still at Craven College for the next few seasons. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm enthused by how Tony's approaches and he should be commended for all his hard work and efforts. Okay. Excellent. Scott, over to you. I know you and I have talked about the business of Fulham in the past. What are your thoughts about the summer so far with these two loan signings that could be, again, they can purchase these players at the end of the season. If, the option to buy basically uh, they're rentals, but you could actually buy these players. Well, what are your thoughts on the approach from this season, say from seasons in past? Well, I think um, <clears throat> we've gone about it a little bit better this season. Um, I mean, bearing in mind that we've kept hold of Kearney and Mitrovic. Uh, yes. Tracks, um, I think we probably know the reasons behind those anyway. Um, but those were the two sort of talisman of the squad that you needed to keep there. Um, so we've obviously retained what was good from the promotion season. Uh, we know that Kearney's one of the, the sort of better or, or one of the best midfielders in, in the division. And for me, Mitrovic has to be one of the um, the best forwards. So we've kind of retained that well. Now, I think rather than going out and just getting some has-beens from abroad and just taking a gamble on you know whether statistically these players are going to be good enough, we've once actually gone out and we've got players that we know have um, kind of done it at that level. Proven uh, track record. Yeah, what I was looking for. Um, Cavalero, we know, has done it. Um, he, he was a strong force at, at Wolves on that promotion season, along with, with obviously Costa. Um, and not hard to the season before. Um, so you, you've got a proven front sort of three there um, that you know, um, obviously, that can hit the ground running. And, you know, if you're going for a promotion push, then you know that they've been there, they've done it, and hopefully they can kind of replicate that. Um, for the business side of things, I think we've done it right. Um, you know, we we probably spent sort of money just on, on on loan fees. We haven't gone out and sort of spunked ten million 
you know, or eight million on, on another sort of Rui font that's too white, uh, lightweight for the division, and then we're kind of stuck with the player for the next four years. Um, you know, a bit of a try before you buy situation. Right. You know? We know they can do the business. Um, if we go up um, and they prove themselves to, to kind of um, be able to sort of do it at that level, we we push a button and we, we buy them. If not, we send them back and, you know, we we sort of pursue other players that, that, that came. Um, so I think we've kind of got the right balance. I think from last time, Russ, um, of getting promoted, we had sort of too many players on loan and too many players that weren't sort of proven at, at that kind of level and the level above. Um, but sort of this sort of season, we're, we're, we're doing it right. We're, we're getting a balance there, you know? Totally agree, Scott. That's what's different here. And I'm glad that you talked about this and really went into detail about the type of player that they're bringing in. And Rob, I'm going to bring you back on because I want your view on this as well as a former footballer, because this summer they're bringing in players, you know, and I know Scott was bringing up the example of Rui Font, but there are other players as well. And then all the players that they brought on loan over the years, there's a different quality of player, even though it's a loan, it's a player that has a proven track record. So really, to me, this is a win-win situation. If it doesn't work out, then they go back to their club. If it works out, they can purchase them. And if I can remember correctly, Rob, Wolves did this the year they got promoted with some of their high-priced players that they actually got them on loan. And then when they got to the Premier League, they bought them. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I just want to echo what the guys have said. I think we need to applaud Tony Khan and, and Mr. Khan and, and the board and the recruitment, um, you know, to, to, to go and sell the club to these two individuals. Um, you know, they're proven championship players that we know should cut the mustard. Uh, and hopefully the way that uh, Scott and uh, his staff approach the season would, uh, would replicate, you know, the type of players that they are. Um, just thinking aloud, I, I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, it's good business sense in terms of uh, the loan fee, you know, yeah. rumours are, are meant to be true. It's a £4 million loan. Um, and if we, if, we, if we succeed in getting promoted, then we pay another £10 million. So, yeah, either, you know, there may be an element of the fair play, uh, you know, fair play wages, etc. that's involved in it, that we're, we're paying a fee up front now. And then, you know, the, the actual fee... The, if we did get promoted, it might roll over to the following season. So there may be some business model sense right. in there as well, balancing the books, etc., um, and, and, and playing the system. You know, that may be what Wolves did many years ago with all the Portuguese players that they had. At That's that right. So, so there may be an element of that. I don't know. I'm just chucking that out there. It's something that I thought about. Um, yes. But, you know, it's, it, it's, it's two players that we know that have done the business at this level. We're expecting them to, to, to attain that sort of that level this year with us, which gives us the platform to, to, to move forward. As I said earlier on in the conversation, I, I'm, I'm still a bit concerned at the back. Yeah, I still think we've got potential to lead goals in, in, in defensive areas. Um, but if the nucleus of the, the front six, whether it be the holding midfield two and Tom and the front three, do enough going forward, I just still think, you know, we can always be a bit full of mission and, and let the let the <laughs> Let let the let the door open and, and and can see. So, but you know, look on the positive side. What uh, what yep. we've got. But I'm hope I'm hoping that, that that's not the end of the uh, two signings. And but maybe that's the business model to go for us in terms of. I think we got our fingers burnt last year in the hundred and ten yep. million, hundred million plus one twelve players. I think Mr. Khan's learned by his um, 
his mistakes there. And, you know, we have to really applaud him. And, and I don't think Fulham fans really, you know, we haven't really, you know, we haven't been at the ground, obviously, with a few friendly, but I'm hoping they do get behind him and, and, and the team to really, you know, justify that he's come out and, and, and you know, he's, he's give us what we want, really, which might be exciting players going forward. Absolutely. And Emilio, back over to you, because Rob just brought up a good point. I thought about this as well. Financial fair play, could that play a role in the fact that these are loans? And again, our full learning from their mistakes to try to balance the books, but also bring in quality players. What are your thoughts about what Rob brought up? Again, we're just talking out loud. We don't know for sure, but could this possibly be because of financial fair play? And if so, I think they're handling it well by still bringing quality players. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is a fair point. It's, you know, the financial fair play rule is, is, is a complex subject. I know my, one of our fellow co-hosts, Mike Gregg, often comes on the show and talks about the mechanics of financial fair play. And I think ultimately there's been a lot more prudence around that. So maybe there, maybe there is something in the background that we're not that aware of that maybe Tony Khan has maybe been somewhat restricted in terms of how much he can transact. Yeah what his limitations are but notwithstanding that I just think the fact that we have learned from our mistakes we've brought in quality at this level and you could argue both these players are you know even though they're flattered to deceive in the Premier League are they capable bottom six bottom eight Premier League players they probably are to be honest we've got the right setup the right structure the right coach there's no reason why both these players can't fit into a bottom six bottom eight Premier League team they've you know they've not cast been there for two seasons first season he, he did well in the Premier League second season not so well but Coincidentally, that's also coincided with Brighton's, you know, drop in form in the second half of the last season. So ultimately, I think they both have the capabilities to play in the Premier League. And the fact, a, if they help us get promoted, and we opt to buy them outright, then there's no reason why they can't be, you know, key players in in our, you know, securing, you know, sort of Premier League survival if we do get promoted. So I think it's good business, experienced players, and it clearly indicates to me. The club won the bounce straight back up. They won't accept second best. Okay, excellent. All right, guys. Since Rob keeps bringing this up, I think this is a good time to talk about the summer and how things have been going so far because Rob has already brought up that they need a right back and a center back. I'm right there with him. And, Scott, I'm going to go to you. I know you and I have talked about this off air and, and message back and forth. The summer, you know, again – it's hard to judge preseason friendlies, but the business, I can't imagine this is where it ends. I think they have to bring in more players. I, I think you're in agreement with me on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as it's, I mean, I was talking um, to Emilio about this before everyone sort of joined earlier on. And I mean, for me, it's, um, I feel we've kind of done half a job, but there's that kind of eerie feeling again that we've not paid enough attention to obviously the other side of it, which is, which is defense. Um, That's right. I agree with that. Now, I see, and you know, I read sort of things online about, yeah, well, we've still got Ream. We've still got a doy. Um, but what you've got to remember is that these players are still a year older now. Um, there's no guarantees that they will do it again at that level. Um, you know, I feel even though Adoy um, was a regular sort of in the Premier League, um, he was kind of highly exposed. Um, you know, with the attacking formation that we played under kind of um, Servita in the Championship, I mean, he, you know, he was prone to the odd error, et cetera, et cetera. I just think if we're going to go for this this season, um, I don't think um, 
we need to put ourselves in a situation where we're kind of scoring three but letting in two. I think we've got an opportunity to go out and probably get ourselves another centre-back, possibly, um, to play alongside Morton. I mean, the problem we've got is, well, we don't know how fit Morton is and we don't know how stable that knee is. He goes, you've got to rely on Maxi, uh, Maxim the Marchant. Um, yep. We don't know. Um, he was very up and down in the season in the Premier League. We don't know enough about him. Um, and the cover that you've got there is obviously a Doyen Reed. Um we know that right back is still possibly a weak link area. Um, I know that a lot of fans are not a, you know, a big fan of Christie. I mean, I don't, I'll be honest, I, I'll give the guy some slack. I think he's a professional. He does very well outside of the football scene. And at the championship level, I, I, think he, I think he's quite adequate. But there's, I still think, and even from me, and I bang on about this, I think even from a goalkeeping perspective, I still think it's an area that we can improve. Um, I think the club are going to be a little bit silly if, if they don't invest in that area or we don't see one or two come in. And big midfield again, we don't know whether Anguisa is staying. Um, right. Still rumours about, um, obviously, Arta coming in. Um, you know, uh, possibly a midfielder from Tottenham in, in part exchange for for um, Sessignon as well. Um, so I think, I think we're still going to see a couple of changes. Well, I'm hoping there's going to be a couple of changes, Russ, because I do think that we still need another couple of players, especially in those positions. Totally agree. And Amelia, back over to you, because this is now talking about the summer and positions that still need to be filled. And I'm glad that Scott talked about Cyrus Christie in this way. He's adequate. That's a good, that's a good word. He's adequate. He can do the job. But if you are going to put a, a front three the way that they have and a midfield the way they have, shouldn't you be balancing it with the, with the defense with another center back? I'm glad that Scott brought that up, but really right back. I know how you feel about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> anyway, you know, I have my thoughts about Cyrus Christie. I think he's woeful, to be honest, rather than adequate. But, um, you know, does good stuff off the field, good professional, but it's not his fault. He's not good enough to to put that shirt on. So I have grave concerns in that in that position. You just put Mitrovic, Knockhart and Cavalera attacking Christie, Joe Bryan, a semi-injured Morton and Tim Ream in defence. You know, we'll get battered week in, week out with that sort of attack. So let's just, you know, put into perspective. I agree with Scott. We need another centre-back, you know, urgently. Um, the right-back position needs to be, you know, needs to be strengthened. And <laughs> Scott's made a point that I've said to you offline, off-air as well, if you never have time goalkeeper. Fans, no fans are mentioning concerns about the goalkeeper. I know it's not our most priority position. I suspect we're not going to upgrade in that area, but I have concerns about the goalkeeping situation. I know everyone will say, well, hold on, Bettinelli, when he played the second half of each season, when we got to the playoffs and and into the playoff final, you know, we won X amount of games, kept many clean sheets, but, you know, there'll be times when he was very, he was very adequate in the championship as well. So I have concerns about him and, how will Bettinelli cope when he's got a sort of an adequate defence in front of him as well? So I have got concerns there. I think we need to look in there, but I doubt they'll do anything. I just think it's right back, centre back and a central midfield uh, a mandatory if we want to sort of strengthen in all areas and have enough depth and quality in all positions. But, you know, I, there's still two weeks to the end of the transfer window, so don't be surprised we do what we do, we do year in, year out. There will be a lot of transactions taking place in the next couple of weeks and in the last 48 hours. Once Sessegnon goes, then I think we'll start to see a, a barrage of, of signings, whether it be loan or permanent signings. But, you know, rest assured, the club are looking in those positions. I know that 
the transfer window is still two weeks away, therefore. Sure. Expect more signings. I'm expecting that, my friend. Rob, over to you because you've got us really going thinking about positions of need, and uh, I think you nailed it with right back and center back because if you invest, and I know they're loan players, but you are bringing in high-quality players, and this front three in the midfield can be extremely strong. I'm glad that you even brought back the topic of uh, Stefan Johansson. Again, you look great going forward. But if your defense is leaky, what good is it? I mean, I guess you can outscore everyone, but why would you take that approach? And I don't think they're going to take that approach. You've already talked about right back and center back. So talk a little bit more about that. And also, I'm curious your thoughts about goalkeeper as well, because I do have a little bit of a concern. I like Marcus, but I am concerned overall of the position. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with uh, with all them uh, comments on the position right back centre-back and goalkeeper, uh, as much as I think the right-back and centre-back would be more my number one and number two targets. Uh, yeah, I still, like you, got an element of um, if, if it was an upper opportunity to get a better keeper than the current two, then, yeah, I would look to to, to invest in that. But, uh, yeah, right-back, centre-up, I mean, I'm surprised. Probably it might be out in terms of wages, you know, someone like Gary Cahill on our doorstep, you know, probably wants to stay and live in London. Still a yep. still a free transfer. You know, let's push the boat out and get someone like that who's a, a leader, a bit of experience. I don't care just because he's played for Chelsea. I'd welcome him into our squad, uh, you know, and he would obviously give us the platform to, to, to boss and push people around both on and off the pitch and give us, a, give us a, you know, a focus point of centre-half. Mawson's, you know, definitely got injury prone over the years. He's been at Swansea and yep. Barnsley previously and with us. Um, and we need to find an exciting right back that, you know, is going to be up and down that wing, but also can defend because that's where Dennis has let himself down when he's played there. Christie, for instance, as, as I say, I don't think he's as much as he's a, he's an all-round athletic player that plays centre midfield for Republic of Ireland and here, there and everywhere, you know, against Premiership and even against good championship sides, you know, he's been found wanting. So, obviously, there are two areas, and I'm sure Tony and and the recruitment team are looking at that. I, for one, think we'll definitely get some kind of bodies in, whether they will be big, key money signings or, again, it may be a loan or, ideally, if it was was a free transfer, someone like Cale and give him... 70, 80 grand a week or whatever he was on, you know, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't upset the apple cart of the budget. But, you know, if we're going to go for it with the front six and backup players that we've got within the squad, then we need to look at the other areas of the park as well. And, and, and right back centre half and a keeper, if possible, would be, would be top of three on my, uh, my, my talks with my recruitment team. Totally with you. And I'm glad that we're talking about it. And also, including the goalkeeper, because I think this is not being talked about enough. And I'm glad that Emilio keeps getting in my brain to talk about it because I, I think it's important, nothing against Marcus Bettinelli, but if they're going to be upgrading in the championship level at several positions, especially up front, why not do it at the back too? Why not be balanced? So I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Guys, let's end the show by thinking right now how you feel about Fulham with basically 10 days left before the season begins. So, Rob, we talked to you uh, a couple months back. So what are your thoughts about Fulham right now as they're constituted? Because we don't know if, who's coming in right now. 
How do you think that they are built for the championship? We will get promoted, full stop. We will Excellent. either win that division or finish second, and I'm quietly confident. With the team um, they have currently yeah. right now? I, I still think so. I think the additions, we, if we do get, and when we get uh, them two areas, or possibly three areas, if we, if, we, if we fill one or two of them areas, I'd be more than happy. I still think we've got enough in our armory to go uh, and, and set this championship alight. I really do. I just think it's, you know, it's made for us. It's exciting. Yep. You, you need to go into any season with optimism, as you do with being a Fulham fan. But yep. I think, you know, privy to talking to the behind-the-scenes people and what's gone on in Portugal and the training and the level and the commitment and, you know, pre-season games, you know, yesterday or whatever. There's nothing. The first game at Barnsley away, which... Um, I will be attending. Nice, nice local game for me for a start, and then um, you know. So yeah, I'm going in with much, much, much optimism. I, I did this time last year going into the Premiership, put my head on the block and thought we would do quite well, and you know, finish <laughs> so definitely I. above the relegation line. And, and obviously, I, I soon realised that was a, a, a silly comment to make, but I'm quietly confident if we if we play this back come. Uh, May the third, that you know, we'll all be uh, we'll all be ecstatic that we've um, we've clinched promotion, whether we win it or second. I'm quite confident we can get one of them two spots this year. Uh, I hope you're right, Rob. Before I go to the guys, follow up question because we're talking about our expectations, and uh, I've been thinking about this because obviously there are some doubts about Scott Parker because of uh, this situation and his lack of experience. I want to ask you this, and I might have asked you this the last time. How huge could his uh, team be, especially Stuart Gray? I think Stuart Gray being with Slavisa, now being with Scott Parker is huge. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it was, there's no hidden secret that when Stuart came back at the back end of last season to, to assist uh, Scott and his team, that results uh, did turn around and, and defensively we looked a little bit more sound. I'm sure he'd done some work with, with the defence, but I think someone like that who has been at the club for, for years beyond that um, and background and dealing, he's, he's a players type person, you know, um, which Scott has been, but I think, I think Scott will develop into a manager where, you know, he can put his arm around him and he, he can also go in and have a go at half time if he needs to in the manner that he does it. You know, you don't all have to throw cups around the changing room or do this or do that. You can get your message across to highly paid millionaires uh, and, 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 and get the best out of them for that 45 minutes or 90 minutes, wherever, whatever, whatever situation of the game you're in. I, I think Scott Parker will go on to, to, to start. This will be starting management last season and, and his first full season this year that, um, you know, he'll, he'll do himself and full and proud. I'm, I'm really, he's got all the credentials. He's got all the, all the qualifications, um, and, and you know, he's respected by all players. And, you know, players like Knockhart and Cavalero wouldn't have come and signed for Fulham just because it's London, it's by the Thames, and they're getting paid a fortune. You know, they've come to play for a team that's got exciting ambitions and would have been sold by Mr. Garn and, and, and Scott and all, all the people above, above them that, you know, Fulham are going to have a proper go this season. So, you know... I, I think we should go into the season with real, you know, real positive vibes. That's all. All fans of every club will do, you know. But I just think this year, after such a disappointing year last season, where we're, you know, we're 
where I was, you know, I go to most games with my son, but there were games where I was thinking, I said, Adam, do we do we really want to go? You know, do we really want to go all the way down and watch it? You know, going from Sheffield down to London on a Saturday and back up the same day is is is, is sometimes quite a bind. It's nice when 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 you're doing well, but um, <laughs> it's a long it's a long it's a long road in the car when you when you've got beat or whatever. But sure. now I'm looking forward to it. I love the championship. It's full on. It's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Uh, and you know, I just hope that we we do ourselves justice in terms of how we apply ourselves, and uh, and uh, as long as we've got the knowledge how to win games, or turn draws into wins, or turn losses into draws, you know. And uh, what I see is, is is all but positive. But you know, who knows? The proof will be in the pudding. Absolutely, Milio. Over to you. Your thoughts. Where your head is at right now with Fulham. Um, a lot less bullish than Rob, admittedly, and um, so you know, I think there's there's a lot of expectations amongst our fans at the moment. The fact that we've we've secured Mitrovic, you know, for the season, we've extended his contract. Tom, you know, is still there. We've got Cavalera and Knockout online. So I think ultimately fans have got a lot to be excited about. But ultimately, it's what what we do on the pitch, and I just feel that at the moment, as a squad, it's all quite light. I uh, I don't think we're quite there yet. If if we do reinforce in those key areas that we discussed earlier, then you know Fulham have got a good chance to get automatic promotion. I think this is the weakest championship for many seasons, so that's an advantage for the likes of Fulham and other teams. So you know I don't see any team running away with it. Um, I'd be you know I just think we just need to just take a deep breath, just remind ourselves of the fact that Scott Parker is is still very green, has the credentials. I agree with with Rob has the credentials to be successful, but he's still got to manage. Some of these big characters, Mitrovic, big character, Knockhart, Simon Cox mentioned earlier, you know, and we've said it ourselves, you know, he's got a big ego there. You know, how does Scott Parker deal with these type of players? You know, so there's a lot of unknowns and there's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders because the expectation from Tony and the, 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 the board is you've got to get us promoted for first, you know, first season, you know. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, then we, we reflect in a year's time. But my view is um, we haven't set the world alight in pre-season. Um, we're still a few players short. We've got an inexperienced manager. So I'm, I'm, we've got the opportunity to get promoted, but I'm not so bullish. That's far from what Rob was saying. I just think top six is, is, is probably my goal at the moment until I'm convinced that we've got enough reinforcements in those weaker areas and those areas that we haven't invested in yet. Okay, very good. Mr. Tanfield, I'll give you the final word here. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with Emilio. I, I think we're sort of top six. Um, I mean, I can see exactly where Rob's coming from. Um, I think if we want to go and take that division by storm, we can. We definitely have quality there. Um, even with, obviously, some of the players that we don't have, I, I think we're stronger than the championship last time. Um, but for me at the moment, I just feel, obviously, the unknown of Scott Parker sort of plays in my mind a bit. Um you know, is he a coach that we're going to have to kind of ride for a little bit until we kind of get it right? And that's that's no disrespect to him. It's just obviously um, kind of managing in that division first time around, you know, like Rob was saying, sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, it's going to be relentless um, and there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be learning processes and are those kind of all that sort of you know, mixed up and, and chucked into the season, is that going to get you a top two finish? Um I'd back it a little bit more top two if we do go out of strength in those key areas that, that Rob spoke about, uh, right back, centre back. For me, I think possibly another midfielder if we see the likes of Anguisa go out. 
Um, but I think now is the time we're waiting for movement, waiting for Sessignon to move on before another comes in. We're waiting probably for another couple of squad players to move out before they can bring other players in. I'm optimistic. Um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of time for Parker. He speaks well. He's a professional. Um, you know, he looks good. He, you know, he talks a good job. Um, and he reminds me of an Eddie Howe-type figure, um, and the way that he conducts himself. Um, but proof in the pudding. I mean, we'll, we'll see come Barnsley. Um, and then we'll have to take it from there. But excited, but I'm, I'm going to say top six for now. Okay. Guys, I'll uh, share mine. I, I know I mentioned I would give Scott the final word, but I have to mention mine. And you guys know I'm an optimist, and I'm with Rob Wilson. I, I think we have a chance for automatic promotion, even now. Do I think our chances grow if we bring in a right-back, center-back, and potentially a goalkeeper? Absolutely. I don't know if they're going to bring in a goalkeeper, but if they bring in a right-back and a center-back, I feel even better about my prediction. So I am going to go even at this moment with Rob Wilson and say we will win automatic promotion either first or second. So I'm with you, Rob. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope all of us are right somewhere along the line. All right. Well, listen, great show, guys. This has been fantastic. Before we go, I want to mention big thank you to Simon Cox for joining us at the last minute. He came on and gave us his view of Anthony Knockhart. So thank you, Simon, for doing that. Mr. Tanfield, thank you for joining us as always. No worries. It's been a pleasure to come on. Okay, excellent. Mr. Danello, great show, my friend. Thank you for joining all of us tonight. No, it's been a good show. Good good content, good debate. Um, so, you know, so let's, you know, let's have another show before the season starts and then we can, you know, but yeah, it's been good to share the thoughts with Simon, Scott and Rob and yourself tonight. So, yeah, while we're all sweating in the heat wave here in the UK, it's bloody hot out here at the moment. Okay, great. Rob, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I hope you can join us again soon. Yeah, no problem. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Emilio. And thank you, Scott, and to Simon, the Brighton fan. Uh, very, uh, very enjoyable uh, hour. Thank you. I look forward to yeah, meeting right, up with well, you throughout the season. Thanks, guys. It's, it's been great. I just want to mention before we do go that Cottage Talk is available to download and subscribe to in several locations. Google Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app. You can also get it on uh, Apple Podcasts. Please do subscribe. That's That way you can get all of our episodes. So I just want to mention that. But it is time to wrap up the show. For Emilio Danello, Scott Tanfield from Friends of Foam, and Rob Wilson, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.